We just watched the launch of the Inspiration 4 mission, and all we want to do is talk about it. So this week, that's what we're doing. I have never been more invested in a crew or a mission in my life. We've been talking about it on this podcast for a while now, but let's dig a little deeper. So many people have gotten in touch with us uh, recently with their thoughts and comments. Please keep them coming. You can find us at Space and Things One on Twitter and at Space and Things Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform if it allows. That's really useful as well. But right now, we hope you enjoy episode 55 of the Space and Things Podcast. Space and Things with Dave Giles and Emily Carney. I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles, and welcome to episode 55 of the Space and Things podcast. Right, it's 2 a.m. in in (laughs) London. It's almost 9 here. Normally this goes live at 6 a.m. on a Thursday morning, so I've got four hours, Emily, (laughs) to put this all together. So uh, if it's a little bit more chaotic than usual, and I guess it can be chaotic sometimes, um, that's why. But after tonight, we just had to do this. So uh, we've just watched this incredible launch, which took place on Wednesday the 15th of September. For those of you who are listening later on. Uh, so we've turned our microphones on uh, because a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket has just launched from Kennedy Space Center with a crew Dragon capsule called Resilience, carrying the crew of Inspiration 4, who will spend the next three days orbiting the Earth as the first all-civilian crew to orbit the Earth. Yep, and I just got back from uh, Gandy Bridge in uh, St. Petersburg. It's between St. Petersburg and Tampa. I actually did an interview with a local TV station. Uh, Amazing. 10 Tampa Bay. It'll be my first TV experience ever. I've never been on TV. But um, yeah, I got interviewed by them and we actually went by Gandy Bridge and we saw part of the launch from there. It was really cloudy tonight, but we did see it and um, it actually lit up a cloud, which was incredible. So we did see it go to space. So um, it was awesome. Like I was really I didn't want to (laughs) cry. during the during the interview so i just got really i just uh, i think they have footage of me flipping out when it launched so that'll be interesting to see <laughs> uh, yes. the viewer the viewer response to this i'm really either people will really love it or they'll really be like oh my god this is nuts <laughs> but um this woman's crazy but yep we saw it and uh steve saw it too and we're just and we also watched it on our phones too to sort of have it all and it, it was just Oh, boy. I'm just overwhelmed right now. (laughs) I'm probably going to be up all night. (laughs) Well, I definitely will be, but that's for another reason. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I've watched the last four hours of the coverage on the SpaceX YouTube channel. It's been amazing seeing them get ready, come out, see the rocket, or standing there in their suits, getting into the spacecraft, and just the excitement and, and the joy on their faces throughout the whole thing. And some of the views of the launch. I mean, when have we ever seen live shots from within the spacecraft during a launch? I know I haven't. Have you, Emily? I, I think I've seen it before, but I and we'll probably talk about it more during the podcast, but it looked a little different from NASA launches. But we'll yeah. talk a little more. We'll talk some more about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> looked a little different. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. So I'm absolutely buzzing. 
just buzzing. I, I mean, I've I just know. been building up to this for the last few weeks, and as it launched, I started screaming, "Come on, come on!" Uh, my neighbours are probably uh, quite annoyed. Yeah, I think I started. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'll find out my reaction when I watch TV later, which is very <laughs> surreal. But I think I started jumping up and down, and I started yelling. So I wouldn't say we're bi- you know Biffles or best friends or anything, but I I do know uh, Doctor Cyan Proctor a little bit. Uh, we've talked a little bit on social media, and she's a she's a wonderful person. And I, I, seeing her go through this journey has been truly just just incredible because this is somebody who really. I mean, really has wanted this her whole life. I mean, for seriously, like, you know, and just to see her go through this whole process, start to finish and to see her launch and to see the actual vehicle, uh, you know, I I mean, I saw it this weekend when I was in um, Titusville from across the water and to see it launch tonight, it's just it's just crazy. Like, I I can't I it's almost like unreal to me. So. Uh, So while we're currently super excited, let's go back to the beginning. It has been an absolute honor to prepare you for this historic flight. Today, you are truly inspiring the world. We wish you a great mission. Good luck. Godspeed and enjoy the ride. Last year, billionaire Jarrett Isaacman uh, contacted SpaceX to see if he could invest in the company, but he just missed out on the latest round of investments. So he mentioned that when they started commercial flights, he'd like to be reconsidered. And the response was not what he expected. SpaceX let him know that they were looking for someone for a flight this year, and he jumped at the chance. Realizing the significance of this event, he decided to try and use the mission to inspire and wanted to give the other three seats away to appropriate people. He wanted each seat to represent a value which he thought was important. Leadership, generosity, hope, and progress. Now, if you're anything like me, you were very cynical about this when the news first broke. In particular, the fact that his seat in the mission was representing the value of leadership. Uh, I didn't know who this guy was, and it just seemed a little bit arrogant to me to do that. But I take back all my previous criticism and cynicism, because the more I've learned about Jared, the more impressed I am. He earned his money by starting the Shift 4 payment online payment process but from watching the netflix series and absorbing all the other content i have over the last few weeks you can see that this guy is a real leader and uh, he's really rallied this rookie crew and worked hard to make sure that they're ready both in terms of the job at hand and in terms of being a crew and a team uh, and all that that entails He's the commander of this mission, and his private piloting background certainly gave him a head start on this front. In fact, he's a world record-breaking pilot who has flown in over 100 air shows. So, moving on from him, representing the value of generosity is 42-year-old Kiss... Kiss? 42-year-old <laughs> Chris Sembroski, an Air Force veteran who is now a Lockheed Martin employee and a massive space nerd. Uh, he has even been a counsellor at space camp. Now, I know us white men don't need any more representation, but this guy, I think for the first time in my life, I look at someone going to space and think, that could be me. Well, at least I at least hope that's what my peers might think, because this guy is just wonderful. Um, he won his ticket in a raffle. Actually, an unnamed friend of his did, but couldn't go, so donated his prize to Chris, who had also entered the draw. 
Yeah, that is just wonderful. I heard that, and that just, oh my God, what a friend. That is I co- know. so That is so cool. So the raffle was an aid of St. Jude's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee, a charity chosen by Isaacman, who has agreed to match up to $100 million of donations to the charity in the name of this flight. While connecting with the hospital, he asked if they could pick someone to represent the value of hope. And they have chosen the wonderful Haley Arsenault, who had cancer as a child and went to the hospital. At that point, she decided she wanted to work for the hospital when she grew up. And she got her dream job a couple of years back. She is now the youngest (laughs) American in space at 29 years old. It's awesome. And the first space traveler with a prosthesis. Uh, Perhaps the greatest single reason I've ever known for someone to go to space is her story. Uh, She will be able to go back to work at that hospital, look the children in the eyes and say, I've been where you are. I know you think your future is over, but I survived and I just went to space. (sighs) I I almost couldn't get through that. (laughs) I nearly did not get through that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's crazy, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely crazy. We'll talk more about all these people in a moment. Finally, representing the value of progress is 51-year-old Dr. Cyan Proctor. Now, I have to apologize because in the past on this podcast, I have pronounced her name as Sean. And I guess that's because everyone I know in the UK spells her name that way, says it that way. But I now know the correct way for Dr. Proctor is Cyan. Uh, So if she's listening, I'm sure she is. (laughs) Uh, Apologies. (laughs) Um, A former NASA astronaut candidate who made all the way to the final part of the selection process back in 2009, but didn't get the final nod. She was born in 1970 in Guam while her father was working at the tracking station used by NASA to communicate with the Apollo spacecraft. In fact, he worked on the Apollo 11 mission and was pretty integral in helping it get back safe. So much so that they included Guam in the post-flight world tour and he had a personalised thank you note from Neil Armstrong, which Cyan is going to be, well, has taken up to space with her. Uh, Cyan won her seat by entering a competition by uploading a video explaining why she should go and how she would use the SIFT4 online platform to enhance her space business, which is an art and poetry business. This was judged by an independent panel of business experts. But Cyan is a bit of a legend in the space community, as Emily kind of alluded to. She's hugely respected. She's been an analog astronaut. Uh, She was actually on the first high seas mission. We spoke to Brittany Phillips recently about her most recent mission uh, to to the high seas facility, but she was on the very first one. And she's a geology professor in a community college in Arizona. She will be, she is the first black woman to pilot a spacecraft. Oh man, what a what a time we're living in! This is so amazing because I'm like, yep, she's the first uh, black woman to pilot a spacecraft, and she's up there now. And I, yeah. oh my god, this is so cool! It's just so, nuts. It's, there's so many firsts here. There's so many first prosthesis, youngest American in space, fourth black woman, first black pilot, first all civilian crew. It's just nuts, and there's so and they're going to a height. Only the Apollo program, which obviously went to the moon, two Gemini flights, maybe the Hubble flights went? Yeah. Yeah, they're going pretty high up. I'm not sure. I hope I didn't get this wrong on the TV report. I think Hubble went fairly at a, not a high apogee, but a fairly, I want to say they went around 300 miles up, which is like almost the limit of how 
the sh- how far the shuttle could go up because the shuttle really was not made for uh it was not a moon vehicle <laughs> yeah it was a uh it was a low earth orbit vehicle so it's really they're gonna get some amazing views of earth it's it's more higher uh Apogee than the uh, International Space Station and five hundred and seventy-five kilometers. I'm not sure what that is in miles off the top of my head, but um, I think it might be. If my math serves me correctly, and it might not be, I think it's around three hundred fifty miles, roughly. I'm doing a very rough calculation here. Three hundred and fifty and seven. Three hundred fifty-seven. Holy shnikes! I actually know how to do math. Still, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Good job! Yeah. Good job! Yeah, no, I did that in my head because I'm uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a nerd, but um, because I'm a nerd, <laughs> that's it. But uh, yeah, but that that's a higher apogee than like say the space shuttle went, or uh, a lot of other Earth orbital like NASA missions have gone. And like you like you said, um, the, you know, usually uh, Gemini and Apollo astronauts got that kind of vantage from that. So um, this will be really cool, and they're gonna see some awesome stuff. Um, and they also have something else that's going to help them see some amazing stuff. They're going to have the uh, the cupola. I think I'm saying that wrong or Cu- right. Cupola. cupola. I, I never know how to say it. Cupola, <laughs> cupola, cupola. I yeah. They're going to have... Francis Ford. Um, I don't know. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to... God. They're going to have the, um, uh, the cupola on this one. I'm pretty sure I'm saying it wrong. But the ISS, uh, many of you are probably familiar with the one on the ISS that, you know... Gives us amazing views of uh, the you know the space station. Well, they're going to have one in this uh, a special one in this vehicle. It's going to afford the crew some incredible views of of our planet, and I, I'm just so looking forward to this. You know, the pictures and the video coming out of this are just going to be incredible. I mean, we're just I hate admitting this because you know I'm so thrilled for the crew. I'm a little envious of them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm jealous in the best way possible because I'm happy for them, but at the same time, I'm like. They are going to see some amazing stuff up there. That is that is an incredible opportunity. I still can't get over that launch stuff. I know we mentioned it earlier, but seeing the shots of them within the spacecraft was just amazing. I think it was like 1 minute 37 in, and they were going 2,500 kilometers per hour, and Cyan's looking at the camera with thumbs up and you look across to Haley. She's almost doing a little shake in her boots, but a massive grin on her face. It was just, ah, my God, I've never wanted to ride a rocket anymore in my life. It just looks like so much fun. It's funny you mentioned that because I, NASA has done in-flight you know, footage inside their cockpits. I think the first one they did was actually Apollo Soyuz in 1975. However... I'm not dissing NASA. I don't want to sound like I'm making fun of them. Um, if you watch it, you'll be bored because they all look very... Uh, you guys can't... For all those who don't see me on the Zoom, they, they're very serious. <laughs> very serious. I've seen that footage. I've just never seen it live as it's happening before. Normally, I've seen it after the event. Yeah. So so uh, I, maybe it has happened live before, but we're only... only it's only because of the internet that now we actually get to watch launches live in the UK, um, really. So... The, the fact that we're also inside the cockpit is just incredible, but seeing their joy. And yeah, because because they're not professionals, because they're not following as many checklists as, as perhaps those old guys uh, and gals were in the old days, they, they've just got a joy, haven't they? They have a joy of just being able to relax a little bit. Well, maybe not relax, but just enjoy it, like going on a roller coaster or something. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I love it because... 
I, I do think NASA has kind of a charm school <laughs> on how to like how, you know, how to act, you know, and, you you know, and I'm sure they have, you know, sort of like, OK, don't, you know, put your fist and don't pump your fist or don't do this or don't do that. You know, I, they're very like uh, I don't want to make anybody at NASA mad, but they're obviously more probably appearance oriented because they're a government agency. You yeah. know, they are a government agency, even though they do awesome things. Um Whereas I think because this is a private mission, they don't have to go to charm school. You know, they could probably, you know, um, demonstrate as much enthusiasm as they want. And I, I'm absolutely, I love it. Uh, tonight's experience for me, just seeing them in the in the cockpit, it was just pure joy. And it was incredible because that's what I've always felt when I've thought about space flight. I've always thought it was a joyous experience. And, you know, granted, I'm saying, you know, that classically crews in the past have probably been very you know stiff upper lip in the cockpit you know during launch and things like that but um my favorite parts of nasa missions have always been the you know the fun parts like you see videos of them you know like apollo 10 for example there's videos of them you know stafford young and certain sort of throwing stuff at each other and just having a good time things like that where they're kind of loose they're not so like scripted you know and everything like that Stuff like that. Those are moments I love in NASA history because they're not choreographed. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not scripted. I love that stuff. And here it's the launch. It was totally not choreographed. Like, it, I mean, it it was, but it wasn't like like their reactions were authentic, which I loved. I was like, thank you. This is so cool. This is what this is the joy of space flight. I think I'm hoping we see more of this. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's just so so such a relief as well that it went well. Oh my! Yes, I can breathe. <laughs> yeah, such a relief. Um, and it got off without a hitch. Like no, it was the first attempt. <laughs> That's quite rare. I like that. Yeah, that that is. You don't hear about that. Like um, tonight when I was doing the TV thing, uh, me and the the reporter were talking, and we were like, "Yeah, you remember the shuttle days when you'd be out there for like seven hours <laughs> hmm. because they would scrubble, you know, shuttle." Granted, I understand why it was for safety purposes, and I totally understand that. But you'd be out there for hours, like, is this thing going to go? And then you'd be out there two weeks later doing the, you know, and just stuff like that. And I get it. I understand. But it's nice when it goes out, you know, the first the first shot. Everything was right down the line. Yeah. yeah. It just went great. Uh, Oh, my God. I'll shut up. I'm so happy right now. (laughs) I I imagine it's a relief relief for the family going up straight away as well, because to... That must be real. You can't imagine how stressful it must be being a family member. What is it the, from the Last Man on the Moon documentary where uh, Gene Cernan's uh, first wife says, uh, you, you think going to the moon's hard, try try not going, uh, which is a, a, a pretty famous quote. And uh, being a family member staying back is hard. And to, to go through that prep of building yourself up for launch then being in the capsule and then having to do it all again the next day or next week and then having to do it all again the week after. That's got to be really tough. Um, and I've, I've certainly heard and read a few things about about that, which sounds tough. So I'm pleased for them as well because, and Emily, I know you've not watched it yet and I won't spoil it for you, but the Netflix documentary, which you now need to watch. I have to watch or- it now. Yeah, I, I got to watch it. I, I feel bad admitting that I haven't watched it. I understand your reasonings though. I do understand it. I wanted to watch it after the mission was done because I was so, I'll be honest, just because it's the first, I remember when I was a kid, you know, oh yeah, Kristen McAuliffe's going to space, private citizen. 
and what happened afterwards. And yeah. that kind of always permanently stuck in my head, you know, because I was I saw it. So um, I had I couldn't watch the shows. I was terrified of getting like too attached, attached. to the crew. Yeah. And I was like. I'll watch it when it's they're back. That same thought has crossed my mind a few times over the last week when I know I'm so invested. But they also talk about that within the within the show, which is pretty crazy. But and that's that's okay. what I want to get at. You get to know some of their family, which is equally as wonderful as getting to know them. And I really feel like I've got to know them over the last few weeks, on a few months as well on social media as well. But this has really ramped it up. Um and and I've just just learnt so much about them and what they've done to, in order to since they've named a crew and how they got told and 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 the excitement of that and all those kind of things and see they filmed and documented every everything they must be fed up of having cameras in their face uh, because they and they, but they seem more really natural at it as well which is quite something I think that they've picked these people one of them won a, on a raffle he didn't have to be natural at it. You know, Haley's ridiculously natural at it. Cyan's done TV stuff before, so I suppose that makes sense. And Jar- Jared's really great as well. They're all really good at this. Um, and that's that's quite something to see. But it's just been wonderful. If you've not watched the Netflix documentary, watch it. Haley, I mean, we've talked a little bit about what she's gone through. Um, you learn a little bit more as well within the show. But she's just, it's crazy how fearless she seems about everything. She just has this outlook. She doesn't seem to get too emotional about things. She just does it. It's it's I don't know if that's as a result of her of what she went through or, or or what, but it's just so wonderful to see. Um they call her the G monster because she kept on asking when they were doing the fighter pilot training, she kept saying, Make me go faster. Give me more G's. Give me more G's. She want and, and and there was no guarantee that the 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 plutonium or not plutonium obviously the the um <laughs> is it titanium? titanium titanium thing or, or, or whatever it is that's in her leg was gonna hold under all those g pressure and she said uh when she got back she texted her surgeon saying just so you know it survived eight g's uh <laughs> that's just wow. nuts isn't it i'm not trying to be speculative here because um I, while i admire Haley arsenal i don't know her personally but um i think when you hear I'm just talking from my own sort of experiences with, you know, health challenges. When you hear certain words, it's we the reaction is really weird because there's like the short-term reaction and then there's the long-term reaction. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because the short-term reaction is I'm going to die. Like this is going to kill me. Oh my god. You know, the first reaction is panic and then you cry for a few months, you know, whatever. For me, and then Honestly, once that shock kind of dissipates and you're like, okay, well, I'll be all right. You know, I'm going to survive. I just got to live my life differently. After that passes, you're kind of like, I'm going to do everything I possibly can in my life. Like, I know Mm. that sounds nuts, but it's like your long term view is like, okay, I'm going to try to nail every goal that I've ever wanted to do. Do because you're sort of it's not that you think you know you're gonna die or something like that it's not that at all because people think oh it's because you expect there to be an end no it's because suddenly you're like your fear starts to go away because you're like so what's well. gonna happen exactly <laughs> exactly i might as well just go for it you know what's the yeah. worst thing that's gonna they're gonna do is say no all right 
You know, that's yeah. not going to hurt me. So, but, um, and I think maybe I'm just speculating. I don't know her personal, you know, I don't know what she in her mind thinks personally, and I don't know her. I think she seems like a fine young lady, but, um, maybe that's how she feels is kind of like, okay, you know, what, <laughs> what are they going to do? Say no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It it really is quite wonderful to see though, and, and I, I really I, I can't wait for you to, to watch the documentary and, and and share your thoughts. I mean, you you need a lot of tissues. That's what what I will say. Oh yeah, and and not just because it's sad, because it's not really sad. It just gets you. There's just emotional points that just get you. Almost excitement gets you. like it's that it's that crazy. So let's so say you get to know the families, which is which is really wonderful. But also this crew have become so close and you can you could see it when they're sitting in the capsule you know they're they're geeing each other up and everything about it they just look like they've become a family and yet they're all from they're all in a different decade of their life Haley's 29 and I think Isaac's 38 or whatever he said it was and uh Chris is in his 40s and Cyan's in a in just in her 50s so that that's hard to get that group so wide of ages and backgrounds to gel like they have. And of course you can gel to be a crew, but these guys look like they've gone beyond just being a crew. They've looked like they've actually really bonded and, and you can see the four of them being close for the rest of their lives. It's like they've gone through this thing together and, and Jared's been really good at, at, at making sure they're uh, beyond just the training they've had to do, doing the team bonding stuff like the, the jets and they went up Mount Rainier in, uh, in Washington state and did a 10 hour hike in, in awful conditions. And, and that's when you see all that and how Jared is with all of those people, that's where I started really appreciating him as not just a billionaire going who, with mm-hmm. all the money actually is a, he is a leader and he does get it. And, and it's one, it, I, I can't speak highly enough about it. I got to, yeah, I got to see it now because like I said, I was, and I I hate saying it because it sounds so negative, but I was so scared. Like I just having lived through certain things, I was, I was nervous. I'd get too attached. Does that sound, I know that sounds horrible. And just, I mean, I'm just saying from looking at the crew on social media and I know so everyone's going to roll their eyes like Emily, really social media, social media is fake, you know, stuff like that. Having just looked at them interact with each other, like uh, uh, Cyan Proctor, you know, and and Haley, (laughs) they seem like sisters, you know, and I mean, for real, like not just like, yeah, we're we're friends, you know, whatever. 22 years apart in age. They seem like they're just sisters for life. I really, it just to me speaks to the the specialness of this mission. I did see the clip where... uh, Cyan Proctor found out she was going to space and I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> I was a mess. Because you can relate to that as someone who's always wanted to do it yourself. So you know what that would have meant to her. And although yeah. you don't know what it means, what what it feels like being told it, you, you can empathize with all what she must be going through because that's what you've wanted all your life as well. Exactly. If I had been told the same thing, I, I don't know if, I don't know how I'd react, I'd, but still, I mean, I just broke down because I was like, I could tell that was just hopes and dreams, and and it and it, and it actually is happening, and she yeah. and it's happening now. She's, She's up there. there. Yeah, I'm amazing. like, oh my god, this is so cool. Yeah, I, I'm really. Um, <laughs> Steve said I did a good job, but I'm really nervous about seeing the TV thing tonight because I know <laughs> I friggin' 
made an idiot of myself. I jumped up and down. I was like, yeah. whatever. People were probably looking at me like I was a psychopath or something. I don't know. Whatever. But I was freaking out. It was awesome. It was awesome. Excellent. So they're up there for three days now, and they're going to be doing various science projects and art projects and all kinds of things and just chilling out, I guess. But I don't think there's much chilling. But they're going to be up there for three days. <laughs> now, we weirdly, we're not going to see much of it while they're up there uh, because they're putting it all together for the final Netflix show. It's not like a NASA launch where there's live cameras all the time. That they're they're looks like they want to do a job with the editing but we have to remember and we've not perhaps mentioned this enough all of this is for a good cause as well they're trying to raise 200 million dollars for this children's research hospital in particular cancer hospital in memphis uh st jude's or st jude sorry and that's amazing and jared's again you know if you've got it cool He's, he's as well as exactly. buying the flight, which is apparently a couple hundred million. He's given a hundred million to this charity. I mean, that's insane. Anyway, the trace trace hoping to that the world will match that. And the YouTube live stream tonight at the end had three hundred thousand dollars. That's crazy. There's an auction going on uh, with loads of cool stuff. Some of which is being flown right now. Um, and there's there's loads of things that have been going on over the last well since it was announced to to try and raise as much money for this as possible, and it's just a wonderful thing to do. You know, when we talked about uh, you know Branson and Bezos going up earlier in the year, but this this is so completely different from that. Take out the other three, just take out what Jared set out to do with this. It's such a positive story. It's such a positive story, um, and. I hope I hope people aren't critical of it because it's just doing wonderful things. I agree. Uh, I've seen a few people very critical about it on Twitter today. And I'll be honest, I had to mute them because <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I believe this is going towards a good cause. I believe it's genuine. I believe there are, it's v the people on board this mission. They're the real deal. They're authentic. They're not, you know, I know we talk about billionaires in space and all that, but I, I believe Isaac Min is authentic um, and everything he's doing is going towards a great cause, which is to help, you know, spur research to cure childhood cancer, which is a big problem. We need cancer research. That's something we really need. There's still cancers out there that were like, they don't even know where it came from. Yeah. I mean, that's just reality. That's something that we really need to think about. No, I don't think people think about that enough. I don't think people think about cancer research in general enough because there are still cancers out there that, you know, like I said, they have no idea where they came from and the doctors can't tell you where it came from because they don't know. And it's like, we need to, we can fix that in our lifetime. And if, yeah. you know, and we can fix that and hopefully, you know, get a cure or something. I mean, just, I think that's very important. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm starting to get really emotional right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. Woo. Anyway, I believe what they're doing is authentic. It's for a great cause. And I also have to say, now I'm going to get really torn up by people on social media. I'm really impressed that Elon Musk gave him this option of doing this. I know people talk a lot of crap about Elon Musk. I know he's sometimes crazy on social media, but I'm very impressed that he put his he he threw himself behind this as well because uh, not just the space community, but I think we all truly needed this. Um, 
also it, it, obviously it's been a rough couple of years in the world and um we needed something like this to sort of at least try to unite us absolutely i, I don't think i could have put it any better myself so i think uh on that note we'll leave it there yes but yeah yeah i can't can't wait to see how, how all this unfolds and um it's been it's been emotional and it will continue to be, I'm sure. One thing that I'm really excited about that I'm bringing to space is this old picture of me. This is when I was 10 years old and going through bone cancer treatment. And so when I'm in space, I'm going to pull this photo out. And, you know, now getting to be in space, my hair is going to float everywhere, but yet hold this old picture of me and show all my patients, all these kids going through cancer treatment around the world that there's a future that it gets better and I'm excited to be part of it. Of course, there have been some other space stories over the last couple of weeks as well. So let's have a little look at some of those. Dave did a little drop-in about the Firefly launch last week. And of course, we just covered the Inspiration4 launch, but there have been five other launches this week. Two in China, one in Russia, one in California, and one in Kazakhstan. We'll be posting the videos and information for these in our show notes. If your podcast provider doesn't have these or the formatting is a bit messy, then the best place to go is our website, which is spaceandthingspodcast.com. Yeah, and if you're listening to this at a later date, there's an archive on there as well. You can find all the old episodes. So it's all there for you. Uh, and the videos are embedded, so you don't even have to click on the link. Anyway, uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks, and there's a lot to get through here. But I do want to mention this story, even if only brief- briefly. ESA, the European Space Agency, has said they had a record amount of applicants in their latest astronaut recruitment drive. 23,000 wow. people applied. And they're hoping to whittle that down to... 1,500 who will be invited to the second stage of the process. That seems like a huge number to me. It's massive. There are six stages altogether uh, in this process, and we should find out who will be successful mid to late 2022. But they're asking for patience because it's taken them longer to get through all these applications. Um, But talking of ESA, the James Webb Telescope, which is a joint NASA and ESA project, now has a launch date of 18th of December. Slightly delayed on what we had hoped, but it looks like we're going to get a Christmas gift in French Guiana. Yep, we're going to get, they're going to get a rumble in the jungle. All right. Oh, yes. Ah! Superb. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Also, talking about Issa, did you see that photo that Thomas Pesquet posted a few days back from the ISS? Unbelievable. Ridiculous. It is incredible. It's a uh, different take to what we normally see uh, with lights from the Earth and an orange band around the planet with the stars behind. It, it really looks like artwork rather than a photograph. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, it's incredible. Anyway, speaking of the International Space Station, there have been three spacewalks since we last spoke. Uh, the first two were by the Russian pair of Oleg Novitsky and Pyotr Dubrov. Uh, they went outside, outside on both the 3rd and 9th of uh, September to bring routing cables for the new, uh, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> Nayuka module. Yeah, I, I know when the, uh, in Mission Control, they call it, they don't call it Nayuka, they call it uh, something else. So, nothing bad, they call it, they call it sort of by their technical, it's technical it's, name. It's something like the MMU or something like that, isn't it? It's yeah. Not the MMU, but it's something they, like that. MMS or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Something very technical sounding. So so I'm used to hearing that. 
Um, this was also the 50th spacewalk, which is started from the Russian section of the ISS. The cosmonauts uh, have also found time back inside the station to post some more videos of a tour of the new module, describing it as having that uh, new module smell, which is apparently like sunscreen. That's different. Uh, <laughs> wow. Who knew that? Yeah, I, I had no idea. I had no idea. It's different from new car smell, that's for sure. Anyway, the uh, the third spacewalk was on the 12th of September and continued the work of installing the new solar arrays. And believe it or not, and this caught me out, I couldn't quite believe this, it was the first spacewalk completed on the space station without either a Russian or an American taking part. Wow. It had a Kihiko Hoside of JAXA, the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, and our old pal Tamar Pesquet from ESA donning <laughs> the suits to head outside for nearly seven hours. I, yeah, I can't quite believe that this is the first one without a Russian or American, but it, but it is. And one last thing about the ISS, a new movie. I don't know if you've seen this, Emily. Uh, a new movie called The Wonderful Stories from the Space Station has been released in US theatres and across digital streaming sites globally. And it's about stories from the astronauts and cosmonauts who have lived on board. I've not watched it yet, but I will. And I'm quite excited about it, to be honest. The trailer's going to be in the show notes. Have you heard about this? You know, I haven't yet. Um, I need to watch this. I would like to see it. That sounds really cool. Yeah, Tim Peake tweeted about it because he's one of the guys that... Uh, no, he Instagrammed it, the trailer, because he's one of the people that uh, are interviewed about it. And I watched the trailer. I was like... How did I not hear about this? It's got a real diverse yeah. cast. It's great. Cast. It's great. Looking forward to it. That's cool. Yeah, I need to check it out. Meanwhile, on Mars, the Perseverance <laughs> rover has successfully collected two samples from a rock, which they have dubbed Rochette. Uh, the Mar Martian rock now has two holes, which in it kind of look like eyes. I'm hoping that Percy does a number there and drills a mouth as well a smile. As well. Um, <laughs> these two samples. <laughs> oh, my goodness. These two samples will be stored away in place somewhere, along with dozens of other samples it hopes to take in the future. And the plan is that we'll send another robot there to collect them within the next decade. Also, Ingenuity, the helicopter, Percy's little flying friend, has now completed 13 flights. We reported a few weeks back that it was likely to finish its mission at the end of August, but apparently not. However, the Chinese Tianwen rover will be shutting down for about 50 days due to the fact that the Earth, Mars, and the Sun are in a straight line with the biggest distance between the Earth and Mars, and they're expecting solar radiation to affect the communication lines. Yeah, crazy stuff. Um, I, lo I do love it when we say, meanwhile on Mars, it just seems so casual, doesn't it? Anyway, <laughs> right? Yeah. before we wrap up, uh, I want to bring this topic back up, which I spoke about last week when I did a little drop into the episode, because I think this whole Virgin Galactic stuff is nuts. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, got, it's got new things going on now. So even though they've effectively been grounded by the US Federal Aviation Administration, pending the outcome of an investigation that the flight that they had in July had some issues, which caused it to fly outside its designated space, the company has now announced that its next flight is postponed due to a possible manufacturing defect, which might affect the space plane. One of their third-party suppliers has let them know of some defects affecting a part, and they're not sure if it's a defective part which is on board. But Virgin Galactic have released a statement saying, out of an abundance of caution and in line with Virgin Galactic's established safety procedures, the company is in the process of conducting inspections in partnership with the vendor. 
Okay, I'm going to insert my opinion here rather than report, but this all seems like very convenient timing. They've been grounded on safety terms by the FFA. An article has come out saying that their safety... They, they don't take safety seriously. And then this happens where they can put out a statement saying we have these safety procedures, which means we ground things the moment we think there's something wrong. It could be really small. It just seems too convenient. Seems far, you know, and call me cynical, but I am British. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, uh, the thing is, I love the idea of what Virgin Galactic are doing in principle. I love the plane. I love what their mission is. Uh, but, that New Yorker article, which I talked about last week, is pretty crazy. And if they are ignoring risk or not taking safety as seriously as what was reported, then this is awful. And uh, and, and this all just seems a little bit too convenient for them to try and, I don't know, appease shareholders or whatever. I'm, I'm being yeah. very cynical. But Emily, I'd, I'd love to know your opinion on this whole thing. I actually agree with you. I think it's um, very, what's the word I want to put? A very savvy misdirection on their part. Yes, that's a much better way of putting it than I did. It's like, you know, if you have a problem and you try to misdirect somebody to some other problem, and then, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing. So yeah. that's what I think is happening here. And, um, you know, like, like you said, I love what Virgin Galactic is doing in principle, uh, but that, that article in The New Yorker scared the hell out of me, you know, and um, I, I just read this book, recently called the burning blue and it's about challenger and it brought back a lot for me you know and just it just brought back a lot of memories because and just the fact that you know and we talked about the show uh that's on netflix last i think over a year ago um but you know i just think about how you know nasa had a million not a million but they had plenty of warnings to say maybe we shouldn't launch today we shouldn't do it this is a bad idea. It's not safe, but they went ahead and did it anyway. And the exact damn thing happened, if you'll excuse my language, during Virgin Galactic. It's a miracle nobody got killed. Yeah, the fact that article was pointed out that the senior safety person was saying that we, this isn't right. You know, this isn't a, this isn't the procedures, and then he's not working there anymore within a week or so after yeah. that flight. I mean, that's just not good, is it? You know, I'm probably going to be blacklisted by uh, Virgin for saying this, but that's bullshit. If somebody's telling you, you know, hey, you need your this procedure isn't safe, you need to listen. I mean, you really have to listen. Appearances do not matter if there's dead people. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. If there's dead bodies, appearances are nothing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially when we're at the dawn of this commercial space flight era and people are looking at it to see, is this a thing? Is this actually going to be a thing? And exactly. So on and so forth. And the fact that after that flight, they reopened their books and doubled their price. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there, there's a lot that doesn't seem right there at the moment, and I hope they sort it, and I hope they become open and honest about what's going on and share that and, and because... You know, maybe that article is incorrect as well. You know, it's it's, it's an allegedly yeah. thing when you've got an article like that, isn't it? But as far as I know, they've not been taken to court over it. So <laughs> there might be some truth there. But yeah, um, fascinating story. And if anyone does have any opinions on it, please let us know about them. Or if, yeah. maybe some inside, an inside scoop, an off-the-record inside scoop. We'd love that as well. But, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but finally, um, I saw Emily tweet her excitement about a brand new film called Moonfall. <laughs> which is uh, Roland Emmerich's latest sci-fi disaster film. And I know oh Emily can't wait. 
Yeah, I cannot wait. It looks like the most accurate film <laughs> about the moon yet that we've ever seen. More accurate than Apollo 11. And they actually went to the moon in that movie. So it looks spectacular. I do have to say, I know the one of the people who did the costumes in the movie and the costuming looks excellent. It's nothing about that. It's just, I almost expected it to have like a cast of like in the 70s they there were all these awful like disaster films like airport and oh, just yeah. yeah just stuff like that where they had like a cast of like a million people just getting annihilated yeah. and people would go to the theater and watch this and be like whoa this is a great movie you know like i expect it to be like that with just the moon i'm probably gonna see it because i'm a sadist uh, or i'm a masochist <laughs> I'm a sadomasochist. It, 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 it looks so bad that it could be good, doesn't it? It's one of those ones. I mean, we'll put the tra- trailer in the show notes, but yeah. I, I've sprung this on Emily because uh, I, I, it just it's ridiculous. I, I watched the trailer and my jaw was on the floor because I'm like, really? They're doing a... They're doing a, And I mean, it's so dramatic. It's like... Oh, yeah. I mean, it looks like they're given everything in this film. Like, they're given every ounce of their acting skills. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh so, so it's um it's Roland Emmerich did the did Independence Day right Independence Day looks realistic compared to this film yeah <laughs> anyway trailers in the show notes go check it out for yourselves <laughs> go see it the door's opening now and it's pretty incredible so that's it for this week thanks for listening and thanks to all those who continue to share the podcast with their friends it really means a lot I will also be posting links in the description to all the all the St. Jude's uh, events and uh, and auctions check them out if you are able and I just want to give a shout out to Dave who's the real M- MVP for staying up very late <laughs> to do this <laughs> so I know he's exhausted so kudos to you Dave This, but it's been a lot of fun yeah, it's so great. um yeah, it's been a great night. So thank you for stopping by. We hope you're as inspired by Inspiration 4 as we are, but don't forget in space no one can hear you me. Space and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions. <laughs>